So I'm going to read this here. I'm going to read this here. Soon after 19-year-old Adele Loritz gave up her Apple iPhone 11 for an experimental go with an Android phone. Worst mistake of her life. <laughs> A friend in her long-running texting group chimed in. Who's green? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that green bubble here? Who's green, bro? Yo, what is going on, baby? Welcome to the first episode of, I don't know what this segment's going to be called yet. We got to come up with a name, but I'm with my boy Ivan for this episode. We're going to talk about current events, new money, all that kind of jazz. I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. So let's just dive on into it, baby. Okay, so tell me, bro, tell me what the hell. I haven't looked into this Logan Paul KSI shit. Like, tell me about it. Yeah, so... I think last couple of weeks, Logan Paul and KSI dropped this new, not energy drink brand, but sports drink brand, kind of like a Gatorade competitor. Uh, it was pretty wild. Like Logan said he was going to do an announcement and then he just hops on IG Live with KSI like on, on drop day and 500K people tuned in. Nobody knew what was going on. There were rumors. And then they just launched this drink brand. And like first day, like 400, 500K people followed their IG page. And it just like blew the hell up. So context for people that don't know, Logan and KSI used to have a bit of a beef. Uh, they were kind of the first YouTubers. I wouldn't say the first YouTubers that did boxing on YouTube, but they were the first ones to make it big. And they had a bit of a rivalry. They kind of amended uh, by Logan having like KSI on his podcast. And then uh, they're starting a business together now. What's wild about this is, is the amount of traction that they're able to build, like just off of one week, uh, they were able to make so much noise on the internet. And like when they dropped, they they sold out. Like no no surprise there, man. So like, fucking like, how are they going to compete with Coke and Pepsi? Because like that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind. Because Coke and Pepsi, they own those distribution channels. Like you wouldn't believe. And in fact, yeah. who owns like, Gatorade? Is is Gatorade? Uh, that's Pepsi. That's PepsiCo. That's Pepsi. Okay, Pepsi. So PepsiCo's distribution is actually like world class and. Mm-hmm. We actually partner with some brands that work with us uh, be- because we're just in every fucking store. We like penetration everywhere, right? So, like, did they even t- did they talk about that kind of shit? Like, are, I know they got in some stores and stuff like that. Are they yeah. partnering with any of them or? Yeah. So I know they're in a bunch of stores. Some I think they're in one of the major uh, restaurant chains, like one of the like, parent companies that owns like not restaurant chains, uh, sorry, grocery chains that owns like mo- a lot of the big grocery stores in the states. Yeah, so obviously they had distribution set like from the get go. It wasn't just fully D to C. Like they 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 had like the plan before they launched. But my whole thing is that they can compete with the PepsiCo's of this world. I don't think they need to. Depends like how big they want to want to take this, right? Like in terms of in terms of reach, like there there are no there are only a handful of influencers on the internet that have more reach than Logan and KSI. Like, yeah, yeah. Even combined, like even less, right? right. So. If their objective is to make the new next Gatorade, right? Like you would have to take more of a traditional approach, in my opinion, less of a DTC approach. But as a first launch, just based off of like their likeness on the internet, like the content that they were to make, like Logan made a big like, hey, this is my next big thing. Like video got millions of views. So did KSI, right? Like for a launch, it's it's really impressive. That's insane. That's that's insane. I, I just. I don't know. I'm always so cynical with with this kind of shit because it's like it yeah, and it makes sense. Like I think I think the reason why they did sports drinks though too, I, I've heard it was it's great margins. 
a like b like it it kind of makes sense for that for them there's a bit of a bit of a synergy because they're like both like athletes they both did the boxing thing and it's like oh it's something that i would use they're still both like athletes and training for whatever maybe not a fight but just in general so that makes sense but like man just seeing like the stuff that they're doing on the internet they're going they're pulling up to like clubs and stuff like handing people like drink primes like because there's a face behind the brand they can go and do shit like this right it doesn't make sense where it doesn't make sense to hand out gatorade at the club right there's there's no really like correlation right like you don't you don't go to a club and ask for gatorade but since it's them it's like it it makes for funny content like they already go in the club but like they're promoting this drink right like gatorade can't do this they don't have a spokesperson gatorade guy even if it's like they're sponsoring like an athlete it wouldn't make sense for an athlete to go toss gatorade at the club right but for them it makes sense because it's them yeah, yeah, man. It's crazy because you could even consider them athletes, right? Because they're they're boxers, so to speak. And um, anyway, it 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 is interesting, and I'm interested to see kind of how that actually pans out. Because I think, like, you know, in, in previous, like historically speaking, you know, I think that def- it definitely was more so kind of gimmicky when you just slap a athlete's face or a thing like that. But like, this could be the a different sort of thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. Okay, so. OpenSea, which for you guys that have never heard of that, is a platform where you can buy and mint NFTs, I believe. Is is that what you basically a marketplace for NFTs? Yeah. Right now, NFTs, I you guys I made that episode about, you know, what they are and how they work and how they're more than just JPEGs and they're kind of just propped up in the media as fucking bullshit art, but they're actually like kind of legit concept behind them. Well, this platform did a massive, massive raise. I think what's it say here? Friggin' A hundred million in 2020. hundred mil. And I think they valued, they were valued like $13 billion, which is like actually insane. But you think about it, they, they're doing like billions of dollars of order flow, but it's hilarious because those numbers seem big, but like when you like compare it to like the stock market or any other market, like it's puny, like it's nothing. Right. So it's interesting, man. Do you, are you, are you in NFTs? Are you in that scene? Web three, anything like yeah. that? Paying attention to Web3 NFTs, my roommates are a lot deeper into into the whole Web3 and crypto space, but it is very, very interesting to see. Like, I have a .eth address set up, right? Like, where if, if I want yo, some- yo, what is this shit? <laughs> what is this shit where people are saying .eth? Like, Christy.eth, Butcher.eth. Like, what is that? Yeah, you probably saw Jack Butchers, but uh, a lot of people on on Twitter, but even in the in the space in general, uh, there's this thing called ENS domain. So when, when you have, like, an NFT, right? Like, how do you hold it? You hold it within a wallet, right? If you go to your like Coinbase wallet right now, you, like, you and you search up like how to send like crypto or like your NFTs to like someone else, like you need a you need their wallet for for you to send yeah. it to. And if you ever like go to your settings or go to your profile on your Coinbase account, like you go to where your wallet address is, it's this like long string of characters, like 30, 32 string of characters of of of, of just letters and numbers, right? And that's really right. hard to send and really hard to remember. So um, there's this company, um, to my knowledge, they made it simpler where you could just send, you could set like a domain, kind of like how a website works or an email okay. works to like whatever, right? Like Ivan.eth. Mine is Ivan.eth. And then I can tie that, connect that to my wallet and then just send the address so it's a lot easier to remember. That's that's insane. So should I set up one? Should I do that? Yeah, I mean, it's like two fifty <laughs> bucks. I got you. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how to do it. But it's it's like it's good for branding as well, 
right? Like to, to tell people, people on Twitter are kind of using it like a status symbol where they're putting it in uh, instead of their name, like I'm you, they're doing like yeah. I'm you.eth. So it's like, hey, yeah. like, I'm part of Web3. Um, I'm, 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 I'm involved in all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I literally didn't understand it. But I was like the token person who doesn't understand something. So they just get angry and call it bullshit. Like I was literally <laughs> looking, I was like, oh, this is so fucking bullshit, bro. But I knew there had to be a good reason. It's yeah, yeah. So what's interesting is that like, they're, they're still building. So that's how, that's how you know how early this space is. They're still building this infrastructure, right? Like, like wall addresses are still super long, right? And this is just like a tool to kind of help solve that and to make, make it a bit more accessible and easier to understand. But um, back in like, I think pre-Halloween, they, they, uh, the ENS company, like they did this airdrop for, uh, and they sent, to- they made a token and they sent it out to like their loyal followers. So anybody that had a .eth address before Halloween, like w- were sent like in their wallet, like some of these tokens, you could claim some of the token, right? And, yeah, and that, yeah. that's when I was like, shit, like I, I didn't have, I didn't have a dress before that. So I missed out yeah. on like maybe a thousand dollars or whatever worth tokens, yeah. right? But I was like, damn, I need to, I need a address yeah. right now. So. Yeah, I might, I might, I might look into that because it's a quick little thing and it might actually be uh, a lot more valuable in the future, man. But I just want to say, I saw this fucking thing today on Twitter, bro. And <laughs> it was hilarious. This guy, uh, this finance guy that I follow on Twitter, <laughs> I'll make a clip of this, literally like got airdropped a, an NFT and it's literally like a butthead NFT. <laughs> so it's literally like two booty cheeks on this guy's face. I thought they were nuts. I thought they were like hairy nuts on this guy's <laughs> fucking face. And I was laughing so hard because it just looks so fucking, <laughs> just like so like perfect for what people think nfts are like literal bullshit that's but, i, I kind of love the term airdrop because it literally yeah it is an airdrop right like you know those prank youtubers that just like like airdrop like random pictures to people in the public yeah and then and yeah, then yeah. like you, you have a footage of them like looking around like who the hell sent me this like that's that you're literally describing that but digitally oh my god so funny man um okay ar glasses i saw there was a couple articles that came out for context, guys, AR, augmented reality, it's basically like Pokemon Go, essentially. Like, it is, you know, real world, but they're just kind of adding tech to it. And my buddy and I were talking about this, man. I feel like we're slowly, we kind of already are cyborgs. We're slowly becoming cyborgs, bro. And I know that, you know, Google came out with their glasses, which I, before this call, was kind of like, what was that? And then he was like, they, you know, they dropped glasses. I think the next big thing, the next big, big thing, you got AirPods, you've got Apple Watch, you've got well, I can't I can't even fucking remember. There, there's a few other products. I think Apple's gonna drop like the hottest, the hottest, hottest, hottest glasses ever, like within the next two to three years. Them and Microsoft for sure. Yeah. Uh I'm super skeptical still because of Google really? Glass. Uh like I'm I'm not too deep into the AR VR scene, but like Google Glass tried this. I think they're probably ahead of their time. Let's just let's just shock it up to that, but I think maybe five, maybe even 10 years ago, they tried doing like uh, augmented or VR glasses where like it, it just, it, it was so chunky and clunky, right? On one side, <laughs> you would have your regular glasses. On the other side, you'd have like the like camera like pointing out and then like some like tech here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure what the capabilities of that was, but it, it clearly flopped really hard and it didn't, it didn't look stylish at all. Like they probably right. thought like, you know, it's going to be like the movies, like Iron Man, like you look at all this shit, but it, it just, it didn't, it didn't like adapt to the market too much. So maybe they're ahead of their time. Maybe we're still ahead of our time, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bearish <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah, now, yeah. for now. 
No, no, no. It's it's cool, man. I, I think, you know, you got to hear first, but I think Apple's probably going to drop something. And I might be behind the beat, bro. I'm not on that, like, tech scene where I'm like, I know things that are coming out. And maybe I could talk to my buddy about that who he actually works at Apple. Um, but I think I think it's just the next move. It's just absolutely going to happen. But, yo, okay, this is the biggest, biggest thing that I wanted to talk about today. So I read this article that was talking about OnlyFans, right? And OnlyFans, for context, guys, you've probably heard of it. If you haven't, it's like an exclusive adult platform, sort of like a adult version of the creator economy where it's like Patreon or something like that. Only they're doing some, you know, not safe for work things, let's say. So I came across this article. Dude, there's a sub-economy for this sub-economy, bro. So there's these things called OnlyFans consultants. So... These are like seasoned veteran people on this platform who like been through the ringer, built up this like crazy business model, like know how to create a following. And they literally have created like a, a, an economy of, of, of different consultants and tools and everything, like a whole business plan for people on this fucking app. And it's just like the craziest thing in the world to me. That's insane. Um, like. I think people don't understand that some of the, I mean, just creators in general, right? Like YouTubers, like whatever, uh, people that run stores and OnlyFans uh, creators, they all have like a whole team behind them, right? Like yeah. imagine, I don't know who the top like like 10 OnlyFans creators are, but they all have managers. They all have people that like help respond to the DMs. Like imagine the volume of subscribers that they have. And I don't know, there's a feature where you pay like X amount of money and you can send like a private message to them and they'll respond within like X hours. Right. You think they're right. re- reading all those DMs? It's just literally, <laughs> no. it's literally impossible. It's not, not to burst anybody, bu- anybody's bubbles, but yeah. it's like, it literally is impossible for them to like function as a human being, like fielding all those requests. Right. Dude, Which is why insane. it's like, even like a YouTuber, it's like, yeah, like they always say, I wish I could, respond to all my fans but it, it yeah. physically is not possible when you're like a big youtuber and you get thousands of like comments dms interactions on twitter like per day but that that whole consulting thing a, a, like that subcategory that economy is just it's pretty fascinating yeah and man i i just like i love it because it's like you can you can literally create a business out of everything and there, there's literally like man there was like a flow chart of like of the business model and like how, you know, you do different stream, you know, different streaming or different lives or how pictures play into that or like how you can have like set up different revenue streams. And it was like this really elegant thing. And it's just like, I'm like, damn dude, dope. Like I mean, sex workers are fucking like they're killing it, man. Exactly. It's, it's, it's changing. And there's still a lot of things that like, you know, could be solved or could be fixed or, or it could be better, but it's crazy. Like most of these OnlyFans creators, they don't just use OnlyFans as, as like, the end all be all. That is the end all be all, right? Like for, for most of them, right? Mm-hmm. But they have different funnels, like on Instagram, like posting thirst traps to lead to their link in bio to go to go to like thing. On Twitter, same thing, yeah, right? Bro. And then the, like one of the most interesting ones is uh is this creator, this Twitch streamer called Amaranth, um, where she like contacts like Twitch. It's it's a safe for work platform where gamers and streamers can come and do their thing. But past year, some streamers have like kind of bent the rules or kind of like danced along the lines of like what's acceptable on Twitch for content, like nudity, family safety content. So there's this mm-hmm. whole meta that popped up of like streamers, like doing hot tub streams where they're in bikinis, but they're still, it's still safe for work, but it's clearly like 
edging on the side of adult content. So by building a huge fan base of people that are watching on Twitch, right, and leading them to their OnlyFans or other other platforms where they can actually monetize better, where like adult content is more acceptable and monetizable than Twitch. It's a pretty crazy funnel. Like it's just literally a sales funnel of of getting them of how to extract like the bigger pool of viewers into a smaller pool of viewers and then monetizing them all the way down. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. And it it's just like it it is very similar. And I think people sort of shit on it because it's like, okay, well like, you know, they're, they're people would say that they're selling their body or they're doing all that kind of jazz and you know, you people will make what they will make of it, but I think at the end of the day, like it's becoming more and more sophisticated. And and I always love, you know, seeing things become more legit um and coming to their own. So like that's really, really dope, man. It's democratizing sex work, which which yeah, which is yeah. it's like an age old industry where there are a lot of issues and there still are issues, right? Like we can talk about OnlyFans taking like too big of a cut for creators, right? And, yeah. and also the ripple effects of like culture or whatever. But from a purely like business standpoint for the creators, the harassment, the whatever in the sex industry, like for, for years of creators not owning their own content and like uh, and and having to go through all these like big studios that could be predatory and, and and all that jazz but now they could like hey like there's a platform now where i could own my own shit like i can work on my own hours i can do what i feel comfortable with and put out what i i feel comfortable with i don't have like an agent that i'm signed to like a predatory contract like whatever we've come a long way for sure yeah. for, for in the sex industry and also like you can say that about like that's kind of what happened with youtube too right where it's like if you wanted to be like a star through video right like 30 years ago, you'd have to go through Hollywood execs, all these loopholes, like bureaucracy, whatever. But now like, bro, just upload a video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just put yourself yeah. out there, right? Like there's there's other factors that make it hard now, but the barriers are at like all time low of becoming some sort of creator. No, man. And I talk about it all the time. Like it's, it's there. Yeah. It always seems like there's, you're, you're past the eight ball. YouTube's dead. TikTok's dead. Waiting for the next thing. I'm going to jump on the next time. But like, and it, you know, I talk about this with like, investing too it's like people try to time the market and then the market comes and there's like like for kind of like last week there was like a sell-off there it's like a great fucking time to buy and it's like ah you know you're a little bit like hesitant yeah and it's the same thing with like fucking like creating content it's like this isn't the right time bro it's never the right time until you actually like put that shit out there and so yeah man it, it to, to see these different like these different models coming about while still having that like openness and and there's no gatekeeping anybody can upload on anything right now pretty much and and could just pop off for no reason you know what i mean yeah and and yeah like the the side effects of that is that there's more competition right and and it's it's harder to get like started because like oh it feels like such a big hill to climb or whatever honestly competition breeds like creativity in my own in my opinion that's like that that's my biggest counterpoint to that argument where like when when there's more competition, when there's more content in the space, you see what you're able to do, right? Like, like you see someone succeeding big on OnlyFans. And then as like, as a creator, you're like, hey, like, I could do that too, or I could do that better, or I could do something mm. else, right? Versus like, hey, like, before, like 20 years ago, you're like, like, if I were to make it as a star in Hollywood, like, that's impossible, because there's so many like gatekeepers, right? And there's no yeah. one really, like, realistically look to and see to see the story and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. But 
now creators are so vulnerable in sharing their journeys of like like the steps that they did. They're like, yeah, I used to be a regular person. I mean, there's still mm. regular people, but like, hey, yeah. like we like it's this is really possible, right? Like I'm sharing my story. Like I've done it, right? I did it in this amount of time, right? Like this is what I did, right? Yeah, man. And dude, speaking of creators, bro, like I read this article too that brands are going D to C more. So this is kind of like that on the same note as creators have that really strong connection. We talked about KSI, Logan Paul, whatever. And I think brands are starting to see that they need to have that really strong relationship and take it a step further. And so like Nike, Adidas, Ralph Lauren, like their shit's getting harder to find. And, you know, you know, you think about like a, a company like Foot Locker who like, you know, Foot Locker champs, whatever, who has all their shit. Like apparently you're starting to see less and less product lines products being more in Nike, in Adidas outlets, uh, more online, more commerce, things like that, because brands are realizing that they don't really need those intermediaries anymore. Uh, they can just sell direct to consumer and, and they don't need somebody who has distribution because nobody's fucking buying their kicks at the mall anymore. Like they are, but they're not. And so right. super interesting, man. Like, do you think this is going to be a continuous trend or do you think there will always be like a place for like a footlocker or like a champs? Or like, like a, a retailer, like, like a wholesaler. Yeah. Type, type yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, man, I, I remember thinking about this a while back. I think there's always a place for, for a retailer. And I don't know if it's going to look the same in like 20 or like 10 years even, right? Where there's like like your your sacks as 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 many sacks on fifths as possible as <laughs> as right now you're you're the the Hudson Bay for the Canadians right i think there's going to be less and less of that because just it's it's so diverse of all the brands that you can find in there where the value is just less than something that's like super concentrated right versus like I, I, like I could be completely off, but at least from Foot Locker, it's like you're going there for like basketball gear, like Jordans, like like athletic gear, right? Versus like you go to something big where it's 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 like every single luxury brand at Saks. It's like I don't know, I don't know if there's as much value like in that. I, and yeah. and like economic wise, it, like it costs a lot more to run like something so big. Like like you can't you can't do like a Saks off or. Uh, what is it, Saxon Fifth Avenue? Whatever it's called. Uh, something like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't do that with like the size of like a footlocker, right? You gotta buy so much real estate. It's it's just it's just a gi- ginormous investment. So I think like the D2C trend, it's not even a it's not even a fad, it's not even a trend, it's just like a model of how commerce is shifting. It makes more sense unit economically for brands to move that way. But I think like big retailers are good for like discoverability, et cetera, still. Yeah. And like an experience, but I don't know how much that values in terms of like cost. Yeah, bro. Like that's the thing. So I feel like coming back to all the way to PepsiCo. So how PepsiCo works with their model is, and I just, man, it's so, it's kind of nice to freewheel about fucking, cause it, sometimes I feel like I'm still working there. I, I got a gatekeeping shit. Like I, yeah. I can't say some shit. I can say whatever the fuck I want. So, <laughs> so, so. There's a really big frontline workforce, right? Yeah. For PepsiCo, for the chips, right? Direct to store, you know, mm. fucking, we basically, they're guys that go in the trucks and they deliver the chips and it's like, they fluff up the chips. They make it look really nice. They make sure the product's there. They do a great job. So, you know, if you ever, if you guys ever go to the grocery store and you look at like, if they're doing their job correctly, you'll never see it to be wiped out on Frito-Lay side. You'll see everybody else's chips are all over the fucking place and disgusting. It's all and you'll face see nice. It's all faced yeah. up fluffed up looks fucking beautiful you know full all that kind of shit right so there's basically the company frito-lay 
the people that deliver it, and then the big retailers, Loblaws, Walmart, whatever, right? Like, logistically thinking, I'm thinking, holy shit, PepsiCo's got to be thinking. These guys, dude, they get well paid, all of them. They get so much money. They cost the company so much fucking money. And to me, you just kind of touched on how, you know, how much value are those retailers, those middle people actually bringing? Like, how much are those workers' values bringing? And, of course, they do their job. They're doing well. But – should they cut them and they have cost savings, could they adapt and do a direct-to-store um, delivery or like ship warehouse and, and maybe reshape everything? Like they would have to slash a ton of stuff to get there. But I think that brings up a good point with like Nike and Adidas because it's like and, – and all of them, it's like, dude, they are that big for a reason. They're very evolutionary, adaptable brands. So if they were to not sever ties but basically move away from – from the foot lockers and the department stores and the different like outlets or whatever. And, and just like, you know, take all that capital that's put towards that and put it towards the, the sort of decentralized model. I think it's much more scalable. I think it could do much more volume and they could even invest in their own distribution uh, with their stores if they wanted to be brick and mortar and have a presence there. And so like, I think that's probably where they're thinking, bro, because I, yeah, I don't think it will. I don't think retailers will go extinct. I think those. Uh, no, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying you're saying that, but mm-hmm. it, it's it, it will, and I'm sure the stats back it. Uh, someone fact checked me, but it's it's declining a bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, with with the products that like Nike and Adidas are dropping, right? Like with with Nike, you got your sneakers app, right? And and you can yeah. get like your latest J's. And I'm not. Maybe they're making more. I'm assuming they're making more, but for like limited runs, like I'm sure they're just distributing it like more from like okay, we have. Only twenty percent of uh, back, back then it used to be like fifty percent of inventory would go to like the the Foot Locker's right, and then fifty percent like online and Nike, or like twenty five percent online and Nike, twenty five percent at like our stores. Now it's like okay, we're gonna slash a bit from the retailers and put like twenty five percent on the sneakers app, twenty five percent at Nike store, twenty five percent online, twenty five percent like in yeah. Locker because they own the the initial three right. They own their website. They own like. Um, their own stores and they own the sneakers app, right? Like, it, it, and and once consumers are more used to buying that way, like more online through drops and doing all that, like there's ne- less need need to like line up outside of Foot Locker and like get my shoes that way, right? So yeah, like that direct consumer model, that app within itself is kind of killing. They're killing sneaker drops. Not gonna lie, yeah, sneaker drops yeah, are moving yeah. online, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I miss the days. I mean, not really, honestly, because some of them were pretty <laughs> cold. Like li- lining up, uh, like early in the morning for like Jordans. So yeah, yeah, man. There's like big. I got buddies that are big sneakerheads, bro. I never fell in love with it. Like I've never. Yeah, I've never I had been a into that whole, whole scene. Ex- Did you have a it phase? Was, it was an expensive phase, man. And it, it it all started Shit, when eh? I got my first job or two in high school. And man, I just didn't know. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to spend my money. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like I need a hobby. Boom, sneakers. Boom, like 300 bucks there, 300 bucks there. I was I was, I was dripped out in, in high school. At least my feet were. Man. Yeah, and then I was like, man, this, this is not sustainable. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> the two-week bro. paycheck and a, and, and, yeah. a, and a pair of J's, but like... I still got those Jays, man. I'm still fresh. So. Jays, bro. Yeah. Jays are fly. Jays are fly. But yo, so last story we got here, man. People are literally getting bullied for the green text bubble. So <laughs> this is actually big facts. Big, big, big facts. Because like even when I was back in high school, we were back in high school, bro. Like I remember when I had like a cell phone. I got my, I got my first phone. Fuck. What was it? Grade nine. 
got my first phone. I had, holy shit, it was an LG Rumor 2, I think. <laughs> Something like that. Fuck that. It was pretty, pretty sick. But anyway, I remember when iPhone started to get hot, it was like grade 10. And I got my first one in probably grade 11. And bro, when I first got iMessager, like, I don't know about you guys with like BBM, like BBM was like uh, the shit. I didn't actually ever have a Blackberry. Yeah, I wasn't cool but enough to I'm, have a Blackberry then, man. When you had a fucking iPhone back then, like, like it was the best. Like, and if you didn't, you literally got teared, tore to shreds. So like, that was like when Apple was like, I don't know, a tenth of their value and a tenth, like a tenth is big. You know what I mean? And like, because they've just exponentially grown so much to where like pretty much everybody has it. Like, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that don't, but at least in North America, like it, Apple absolutely dominates everything. And there's literally growing concerns and people are calling out Apple, literally fucking saying like, this is ridiculous that you guys are, are, are contributing to bullying because you specifically <laughs> target Dude, I swear to God, schools? look at this Wall Street Journal argument, bro. Look at look at it. Like Who's fucking complaining? Bro, Who's let, complaining? let's look at this article. Let me look <laughs> at this parents? article. I swear to God. Um, I can see that. There's a, I can see there, that. There, oh fuck, why is it? Okay, no, no, okay. So I'm gonna read this here. I'm gonna read this here. Soon after 19-year-old Adele Loritz gave up her Apple iPhone 11 for an experimental go with an Android phone. <laughs> a friend Worst in her long her life. A friend in her long-running texting group chimed in, who's green? <laughs> <laughs> who's that green bubble here? Who's green, bro? Yeah, the reference to the color group da, 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 highlighted one of the challenges with her experiment. Group chats didn't work seamlessly, felt excluded. Bro, I'm telling you, there's people saying, like, calling them out, being like, you guys should uh, keep it all blue. This is wrong. Hold on. Let me try to find it. Let me try to find it. I mean, it. iMessage groups are just big. It's It's like... Huge. I mean, I mean, with, with with us, like we're we're like not technically Gen Z. We're like like not millennials either. We're like in the in between. Like in between, we, we yeah. use both like Messenger, like Facebook Messenger, and like iMessage groups, right? But I'm I'm right. assuming, right? I I don't I don't know what like Gen Z is up to, but I'm sure none of them are on Facebook, right? So boom, Messenger's out, out the door. What's next? iMessage groups, right? Yeah. So. Hey, bro, if, if you're not in one of those iMessage groups, if you got a green t- don't be that guy. You can't yeah. be that guy. And, 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 and like <laughs> that implication is insane of how much of a monopoly or just not even maybe not monopoly, but near monopoly that Apple has on like youth, mm-hmm. like not just it, youth, dude, but like just it's, just it's, culture. It's fucking crazy, bro. I, I'm still looking for that. Um, I'm still looking for that. But basically, it's just classic big tech fucking the fucking up society uh you know leveraging they shouldn't be using this where is it man i there's literally like a whole thing here you, th- but th- you think I'm- you think this was the plan to begin with you think you think like roadmap five ten years ago they were like hey like dude there's the smartest or or just or just kind of fell into place where i mean it's a ripple effect of 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 like the iphone market dominance where it, it 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 is now right like it, it's, it's absolutely like- and and it's like the, people are literally mad they're literally mad. Look at what what is this? Uh Tim Cook moving iMessage to Android will hurt us more than help us. Yeah, they pulled they pulled uh they pulled iMessage off Android and they went purely into Apple. And so they got some heat for that. But they're so good at what they do. Like so good. So much so that they're the biggest company in the world. But they're so good at what they do that literally like that is the reason why they get in so much shit. It's because they're over dominating they're they they have a monopoly on teens like that kind of stuff where it's like 
you need to be doing things because you're so damn powerful to like, you know, you have a, you have a place here and, and people are literally like, teens are like depressed that they're not in iMessage group because bro, <laughs> like it's actually real talks, dude. It really, yeah. it really is, yeah, bro. Yeah. If yeah. you're a green bubble, if you're an Android, you truly, 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 truly feel excluded. Like you do. I remember I had my phone broke and I wasn't in the the group chat, bro. Yeah. And I was missing everything, every deet, every, every rumor, every, like every last thing, bro. And it's unfortunate that it's like that, but you can't deny like it's, it's, it's not on Apple be- to make their product shittier. You know what I mean? Like, because that's essentially what they would be doing. They would, people get Apple because of the ecosystem, right? The AirPods, the Apple watch, the, 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 whatever, the convenience and the iMessage. So that's built into their model. That, that is what Apple does. So the very essence of what they do is, is what people have a problem. Dude, with. I, I would be lost if I like, somehow lost one of my like ecosystem devices right like i'm at I, I, like <laughs> even even like i don't know right like going back to uh, uh, uh like my airpods or whatever right it's just it's just it's so seamless it's so it's so easy think it's about it also man. like this is not even related to apple but like think about it if you lose your phone right um how crippled you'd be right like all your passwords your bank info is there right like some people don't even like have wallets because they just apple pay everything right imagine you lose your phone for like 24 48 hours how yeah. crippled you'd be right even more with an iphone because you can do like like people people that are in the apple ecosystem have everything like your apple passwords they have like a one pass thing right and oh like, dude it's if, so if, nice if I, I if I my little, it, yeah if i lose my device like i just can't log into shit if i don't if i encrypt all my passwords and i don't know like if all my passwords are random, like I just can't access anything. I, it'll be like it's like a digital EMP if I if I lost that, and yeah. it's it's insane. Even and and you know what they even they even take features because I saw this one thing where it was saying that you know the one where it's like you get your two two factor authentication, then it automatically throws the code in there for you. Yeah, as soon as it goes to your text. Yeah, and you know, greatest Apple feature ever. Greatest greatest Apple feature ever, right? But apparently that's like been a thing for Android users. Apparently. Um, I wouldn't know because I'm not a fucking green. Lo- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, me neither, man. <laughs> I'm just Don't me in there. <laughs> uh, but I just remember, bro, like the jokes and shit. And it's like so real. So I do get where they're coming from. And I understand like why it's kind of like, yo, like you guys should like include. It, it, you shouldn't out green people. It's like a social responsibility thing. Like, I don't know. I can't help but roll my eyes. But like, I understand where they're coming from. So I get where they're coming from. So there you have it, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Ivan and I are working on this. It's a work in progress. We're going to try to bring you guys as uh, best content as we can, as fresh to keep you informed and entertained at the same time. Uh, so please, I would love if you guys left a review on if you liked the episode or not or whatever. Uh, shoot me a message, IG, all that jazz. would love to hear from you guys. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in. If you're hearing this right now, I love you. I love you even if you're not listening to this. That doesn't make any sense because you wouldn't be hearing me say this does a bear shit in the woods you know what i mean uh love you guys appreciate you guys i fucked up the outro we're gonna keep rolling i appreciate y'all boy i love y'all but up for now oh i <laughs> screwed it up again this is man raw take you know real talks appreciate the real talks in 2022 i appreciate y'all boy i love y'all but for now i'm out this mother peace.